1689 Saturday. And we are talking about the 1689, which should not be a surprise. And <laughs> it's Saturday. And I'm going to run the tape now. Welcome, Nick, 1689 Saturday. Glad to have you with us, brother. Yes, good to be back. Long time. Long time. It's been a while. Um, so, what are we talking about today? So, today I thought we would uh, look at that little hidden chapter, chapter 12, which talks about adoption. Oh, that precious jewel. That mm. precious jewel right there. So, I mean, the, the, the key thing with this par- this particular chapter is if you look at all the other confessions from the, from the time leading up to the Westminster, mm. there was no mention of adoption. And even in the systematic theology, following it was often just subsumed under justification mm. and so the fact that it gets a chapter all on its own is a big deal yeah and it uh, should be powerful. celebrated i mean john yeah. murray said that adoption is basically the cherry on top of our salvation it's the highest benefit oh man totally and uh yeah definitely shall we read it yeah let's do it what chapter is it 12, 12 and there's only one paragraph okay Adoption so they didn't, they, they didn't milk it, but it's, it's super complex. <laughs> right, totally. Go. <laughs> All right, so it says, All those that are justified, mm-hmm. God conferred in and for the sake of his only son, Jesus Christ, to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God, have his name put on them, receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by him as by a father, Mm. yet never cast off, but sealed to the day of redemption, and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. Mm. Yeah. It's all in there, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's great because, you know, justification is such a big deal. But, you know, the link, I mean, to leave adoption out is is crazy because that's the, it's, you know, it's why it matters. You know, we're adopted as sons. Exactly. Um, it's everything. Yeah. Amen. So um, I think, I think um, it, it's almost, it reminds me of the effectual call and regeneration, you know, Justification and adoption, they're almost like two sides of the, the same coin yep. in that regard. It's part of the so same. One of, one of the ways I've heard it is, you know, if you think of union with Christ mm-hmm. and you can think of a circle divided into three parts. Mm-hmm. So the transformative benefit mm-hmm. is our regeneration, yep. which will bear fruit to sanctification and good works and perseverance down the line. Mm-hmm. The forensic benefit to our union with Christ is justification as we are dressed in his righteousness and seen as in him mm-hmm. but the filial benefit mm. the family benefit mm. is the sonship that we gain in christ mm. and so union with christ has these three aspects the transformative the forensic and the filial mm. and uh it's they are all complementary right yeah so justification uh, justification at least speaks about our state before god as judge whereas adoption yes. would speak about our relationship with god as father essentially mm, yeah. yeah yeah the filial aspect okay good um cool w- what um uh, has come to mind when you read that 
Well, I mean, we can probably just walk through it. A couple of, mm. couple of questions bring out the, the what we want to get from it. So we could start off with the question, who are the adopted children? And the confession begins by saying, for the sake of his only son, Jesus Christ, God has been pleased to make all justified persons mm. sharers in the grace of adoption. So who are the children of God? Those who are justified. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you were going to go here, but I mean, one thing I actually did find, and um, and you know, obviously you've got from a Christian perspective, this is huge, right? But then, you know, just it's because it's such a neglected little element of theology, it seeped its way into um, the evangelical world as as kind of like, you know, to speak of adoption almost strikes people, you know, as a bit of a weird thing because everyone is a child of God. You know, it's almost that liberal encroachment. And why do we need to be adopted? And that's why you can't. That's why God would never throw anyone into hell. You know, because how can a father throw his his child into hell? And and really, what we're saying is, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. start again. You know, uh, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires, as uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees. You know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what makes this this uh, this doctrine so amazing, in yeah. that you know not all are just you know automatically the children of God. Yeah. So the children of believers, not children of God. Yeah. Unbelievers, yeah. not children of God. Yeah. We're not talking about the universal fatherhood of God and the universal right. Brother. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That, that was who came up with that. That was Hanak and you know. Uh, yeah. It's just yeah. Exactly. Just a liberal. Yeah. Slip. So that seeped its way into everything. I mean, people, whether they know it or not, have have kind of you know subscribed to that at some level, especially in the wider evangelical thing. Um, and so, yeah, we're 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 not saying that. And yeah. um, even for your children, yeah. You know, who's really helpful is Murray. Yeah. And uh, what he does is he talks about the different fatherhoods of God. Okay. So he talks in the first instance about the intertrinitarian fatherhood of the Father. Mm-hmm. Describing the Father's relationship to the divine Son—that's an exclusive fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not sons to the Father in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there, there's the creational fatherhood of God. Yeah. You know, where God is the Father of all by virtue of creation. We're His creatures. But mm-hmm. that's not a saving relationship. This does, this doesn't guarantee the salvation of any. Yeah. It's just, uh, just, just explains the source from where we've come. Yeah, and even now we've kind of, um, we've what's the word? Um, I don't want to say. Uh, forsaken or um, you know we've lost that to, or we've yeah, marred we've that denied, idea we've denied the creator so yes we've, we've lost even the fact that we're creatures yeah yeah totally yeah so. and then uh, the third type of fatherhood is the theocratic fatherhood of God and that's his relationship to Israel Israel is the son of God mm-hmm. great and uh, that's that's a typological type of sonship because not everyone who was an Israelite was necessarily going to heaven mm. it wasn't a saving sonship Mm. which is the reason why we need the new covenant and the adoption that comes in the new covenant, which is redemptive. Mm. And this comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one you want right there. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> so here's a question for you. Yeah. What is the relationship between adoption and regeneration? Is adoption when we get born again, is that the same thing or should we be distinguishing it between it? Oh man, yeah. I mean, like, I think we should be distinguishing um, without separating. Yep. <laughs> you know what did Sproul say? I love it. To uh, separate something, it, to separate a soul from its body, is to kill it. <laughs> but to distinguish it does it no harm. Yeah. 
you know? So, I mean, just think in terms of the auto salutis for a moment. Yep. The alpha point of, our, of the auto salutis is God's effectual calling mm-hmm. or union with Christ or regeneration, however you want to, whatever name you want to give to that, that alpha point. Mm-hmm. This, result, this new, new birth or regeneration results in faith and repentance where mm-hmm. we respond to the gospel we're hearing. And once we believed the forensic benefits, justification, filial benefit, mm-hmm. adoption follows. Yeah. So in the auto salutis, we see a definite distinction, don't we? No, totally. We yeah. Chronological and logical difference. Yeah. And uh, I suppose that, that was, it was just a, a small light bulb for me that yeah. adoption is actually a legal thing. Yeah. And regeneration is a transformative thing. And they should be distinguished. That's right. The yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And the depths and the, they're not the same thing, though. They're both birth or, or family type language. Right. They are distinct benefits that must be appreciated on their own. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, the legal thing is huge. You know, in that way, it's so closely re- related to justification as well. Um, yeah, so, so when we when we talk about systematic theology and adoption, maybe to our charismatic brothers or our mm. minion brothers who don't have all of our categories, they may think, well, I'm born again. Of course I'm adopted. Yeah. But, you know, we would want to call on verses like John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right. Yeah, there we go. To become children of God. So, yeah. you know, that relate, as, as, as we're not justified from eternity, but we are justified when we believe. Yeah. In the same way, we are adopted when yeah. we believe. It's That's a, right. it's a, for, it's a forensic. It's, it's 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 considered forensic in some degree, although it's, we talk about it as being filial and distinction from forensic. It's also forensic. Right. The forensic benefit that follows faith. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the confession also talks about why we are adopted, um, and the, the big word there, of course, is grace. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you mentioned earlier about the fact that everyone just assumes that they're mm. children of God because God's just such a nice guy, and we're just so we're just such pitiful wretches. He ought to have pity on us. Yeah, yeah. But that's grace is the fact that He's looking down upon us as His enemies, as children of the devil, mm-hmm. and He doesn't adopt us because you know we're worth it. He adopts yeah. His enemies. He's showing enemy love towards us, and it's by grace that we're adopted. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, just uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a thought that I was thinking of in in think in, prepar- in uh, preparing for this mm. was a biblical theology of sonship. Yeah. So adoption is sort of a subset of that. So imagine. Yeah. So let's start in the Trinity. Let's start at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, let's understand sonship. You know, we have Christ, who is the prototype, mm-hmm. and his relationship to the Father, as and it's that Trinitarian community and that's you know jesus prays that we would be one as they are one it's the foundation for redemption isn't it mm, mm, so the sonship of christ to the father is is what makes our adoption in redemption mm. it's, it's the mold mm. all right and then god creates adam and so now we have a protological son mm. you know and then we move into uh israel and there we have a typological son and we mm. have the prophets the priests and the kings Mm. You know, and then we move to Christ, and here we have, you know, the (laughs) Christological son. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's us. We come along. We're the redemptive sons. And then one day when we're glorified, we have the eschatological sonship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and we could, oh, I I missed out predestinarian sonship as well. You know, and so it's (laughs) such a rich category. So our adoption 
you know, it's just a it's a subset. It's just a smaller part of a much bigger idea of sonship oh, that totally. begins with the Trinity and culminates and climaxes in uh, you know the glorification of the sons of God in the new creation. Yeah, yeah. It's to take this for granted is not only going to leave you in problems theologically, but to to kind of not know about this as the goal, uh, in some senses, is just you know it's going to leave you impoverished. Um, there's some, there's I just quickly dug up a, a old John Gill quote. He says, "It is a blessing of grace." He calls it the crowning jewel of biblical theology. Uh, just just that's what got me thinking about it now. But it's a blessing of grace which exceeds other blessings, such as redemption, pardon, justification, and sanctification. So he puts it above, as we said earlier. Um, A man may well be redeemed out of a state of slavery by a king's ransom, and may be acquitted from high crimes laid to his charge, which, you know, you think, wow, that's pretty good going right there. And yet, not the king's son. Okay. Which is everything. I mean, it's such a little little section of the confession, but it's everything. But he says, if adopted and taken into his family, it must be by another and distinct act of loyal favor. And it is more to be a son than it is even to be a saint. To be predestined to adoption of children is something over and above and what exceeds even being chosen to be holy and without blame. And then he he ends it with this. He says, angels themselves are holy and perfectly holy at that, but even they are not sons. Amazing. I mean, it's just, you know. He nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. I mean, just how can we not give it its due worth? Um, and I mean, you get a you get a bit of a sense of that from the confession because you, it's almost like you know those first comments. You know, you're adopted if you're justified. You're adopted by grace, mm. and then they start listing the benefits. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the rest of the paragraph is just a list of benefits, and here, mm. here they are. Let's just list them and, and maybe give a short explanation. Yeah, they're taken into the number. Mm-hmm. So that's there's the family. You know, you're joined to the family, you're yes. joined to, to the body of Christ, you're mm-hmm. taken into the number that, that you know, now you're, you're in the palm of his hand, nothing's going to snatch you out. Next benefit, you enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. I mean, w- what are some of those? Well, uh, freedom from the law. Freedom from the law. Um, Access into God's very presence in prayer. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> totally amazing. Gifts from the Holy Spirit to serve in the church. You know, I mean, they're, they're manifold, aren't they? Yeah, totally. The next next benefit, have his name put on them. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's the family. There's the family name. Yeah, family name. Good. Yeah, receive the spirit of adoption. I mean, that's like a throwaway comment here amongst the long list, but you get mm. the Holy Spirit, the third person <laughs> of the Trinity, forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Yeah, have access to the throne of grace with boldness. You know, they throw in the with boldness part because yeah. that's so important. Mm, mm. We don't cower in a corner. It's not a slave mentality. We have this freedom and this liberty and are enabled to cry, Abba, Father. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, and this is the reason. I mean, this is the, the adoption yeah. thing is all, yeah, yeah. And that word Abba, I mean, it's absolutely profound. Mm. Why, why does it say Abba, Father? My father, my personal father. No, it, it means father, father, but the word, who, who said Abba? For Christ. Exactly. Yeah. We get to call him what Jesus called him. Yeah. Yeah. Because we stand in Christ. He's the firstborn among many brothers. We have been brought into such a relationship to the Father mm. through and in Christ that we have this 
brazen, bold liberty to call him what Jesus called him. Hmm. Yeah. You know, imagine being an adopted child in a family and, you know, you crawl on the daddy's knee just like the, the, the natural son does. Hmm. That's what that says to me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there's that, this incredible openness. My God and your God, my father and your father. It's what hmm. Jesus says to his disciples after the resurrection. Yeah. yeah. Next benefit, we are pitied. Wow. Mm. Pitied. But God looks at us with a tender heart. Yeah. He sees our pain and he feels and sympathizes and empathizes with us. I'm not trying to undo the passibility of God. I'm speaking anthropomorphically. But, <laughs> Thank but you for that qualification, let's brother. Let's feel it. Yeah. He pities us. Mm-hmm. He, 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 under, he sees, he knows that we are dust and he feels that weakness for us and he, he's with us in it. Mm. He, you know, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He's numbering your tears. There's that 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 he's a he's not he's not a hard dictator he's a loving father mm. protected you know protected yeah. wow we're in god's providence yeah you yeah I mean, in the fear of the lord there is strong confidence that his children <laughs> will have a place of refuge yes you know yeah, the, the protection and adoption thing just totally together here's a little understatement provided for <laughs> yeah totally yeah. We, we get a royal inheritance, but hey, we're just provided for. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah. all of our needs, we're never in want. I shall not want. Mm-hmm. You know? And chastened by him as by a father. So yeah. there's the, the discipline of the Lord. Yeah. Yet right. never cast off. So, you know, God's holiness hasn't changed. He mm-hmm. still has um, anger towards sin, even in his children. But, mm-hmm. but he deals with us redemptively. Yeah. yeah. Not destructively. Massive. Yeah. yeah. But sealed to the day of redemption. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit has sealed us. He's the seal of our redemption, the spirit of adoption. And so we've been given a guarantee in the person of the spirit, hmm. which means, and the redemption there, of course, is talking about that when we receive our, our bodies as sons yeah, and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. That's yeah. the last benefit. Man. You know, the remain sealed thing, I know, is particularly powerful in that Roman context as well, because obviously the Roman justice system is a, a large part of the context for you know, justification and adoption and just these ideas, the, the, or at least the words that Paul uses in the Greek. And, um, and uh, you, could, you could, it wasn't necessarily the case that you would remain under the adoption of your parents. If you, you know, if something went wrong, it could, it could be made a void. It could be made void, um, yeah. you know, and, and you could lose that adoptive, uh, adopted status. Um, and it's all being set against that, you know, that there is no way that any of that yeah. will happen. I think, I think, um, this ought, ought to really inform the way, you know, we, I think in another episode we talked about the difference between a punitive justice and a parental, or at least a punitive uh, discipline and a parental discipline. Yes. Um, and really this is where it comes into it again in that you, even when you sin, you know, you approach God without, uh, you know, you, you want to take it seriously, but you don't want to in your confession deny your adoption or anything like that that's the, no. we don't cower as fearful slaves we, we come before the lord even at those times and uh know that you know christ has has dealt punitively with our sin so mm-hmm. that we can come to our parent um and and have our sins pardoned um you know the, all of this is going to inform that whole process in fact it might even be it might even be the reason you the only reason you would be willing to come to God at that point, you know, um, to to be assured of this reality, undergirding, undergirding, um, or, or God's love undergirding, um, 
your your assurance that he's not going to cast you away because otherwise you know the, the, i think i think a lot of the times people just you know they feel oh well i've just crossed the line therefore my adoption has been annulled therefore i'm just back into enemy status therefore i've just got to run away uh, but if you're really secure in this and you really understand what's happened, I mean, you're always going to go back to a father that loves you, you know? Um, yeah. And so yeah, you got to get, you got to get very, very close to this doctrine. You've got to understand that this is everything. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. And I love that, you know, not to have brushed away on that last statement, they inherit the promises as, as of everlasting <laughs> salvation. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so there we go. The, the doctrine of adoption. Anyone um, who doesn't know that, that's chapter 12. That's why the 1689 is awesome. And that ought to make you want to go to church tomorrow. Amen. Um, man, that is, um, you know, just one more thing. Talking about that discipline. Yes. I don't know if we've done an episode on that, but, you know, the way that that is all through your life, not just one pocket, you know, mm. I think that's proactive so Proactive and reactive discipline. Yeah, yeah, proactive, reactive discipline. The whole, like God essentially says, as a result of you now coming under you know, or, or receiving his name, he is going to guide you in the way that any father knows he would not just discipline a son on those moments that, you know, perhaps, you know, the son has done something naughty or whatever, but, yeah. but there's a, every glance of the eye, every intonation of the voice, every life decision on their behalf, every guiding of their hand, that's what he's promising, mm. um, you know, and that's only promised to sons. So that's powerful as well. Amen. All right. Uh, church tomorrow, people, don't slack off. Get there, worship. Read this Read this chapter before you go to church if you need to warm up. Um, awesome. Thanks a million, Nick. Appreciate it. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm.